you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. With the holidays over, take back control of your TV with Control Center by Cabo. Control Center cleans up your home theater so you can control everything connected to your TV with one easy-to-use, family-friendly remote. Shop now and get 40% off Control Center with promo code GOODMORNING. That's $59.95, 40% off regular pricing of $99.95. Control Center is available at Cabo, C-A-A-V-O.com, and Best Buy. Control Center by Cabo, one remote that does it all. Hi, and welcome to the official Good Morning Football Podcast. I'm Will Selva, and here are the best moments from this week so far at the breakfast table. Championship weekend was as epic as we had hoped. Whether it was two overtimes in one day or a questionable no-call late in the game, let's find out what the breakfast table thought about some of the biggest games from Championship Weekend. Tom Brady, what can you say? He holds every major postseason passing record. There is Super Bowl 53, his ninth, as Kyle stated so emphatically, in his third straight Super Bowl appearance in that game. That's insane. Uh, what else can you say about Brady in that game-winning drive in overtime and in the fourth quarter, really, Shriggs? There's such a Greek theater element to this game, and we'll go back and watch this a million times in the history of NFL films. This game will be revisited because you have the young gun – Patrick Mahomes, 23 years old, and then you have the old guard, Tom Brady, 41 years old, and this torch that Brady just refused to let go of. Mahomes did everything in his possible. They scored 31 points on 32 plays yeah. in the second half in overtime. The Chiefs did. <laughs> wow. Mahomes was phenomenal. Mahomes was amazing. And yet Brady was better. Yeah. Brady was 7 of 10. And got some help from a couple penalties, whatever it was, when it needed it most. Brady was incredible. That torch was not going to be passed. The Patriots fell behind twice in the fourth quarter, and it felt like every single time Mahomes was within an inch of grabbing that torch, but Brady stiffed arm him in classic football fashion and said, not yet, young man. I am amazed, amazed by the perseverance, by the fortitude, and by the mental toughness of the Patriots, despite two fourth-quarter deficits, to come out and be going to their ninth Super Bowl. I said on, on Friday's show, I might live to regret this. I'm taking the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I'd live to regret this because yeah. <laughs> the Patriots are that good and that strong upstairs. What a team. What a performance. And young sailor, your time will come. <laughs> Just not yet. It wasn't meant to be. Yeah, Tom Brady looked at Pat Mahomes and said, you're going to have to pry this from my cold dead (laughs) fingers, right? And that's exactly what happened in this game, that final drive in overtime. Just phenomenal. For me, it was the ball placement of Tom Brady hitting his wide receivers and playmakers when they counted. I mean, these balls to Julian Edelman, we could talk about the catches. I can praise Julian Edelman. I can tell you that he should be a Hall of Famer. Outside of the GOAT, Jerry Rice, he's the best postseason wide receiver of all times. That's fine. But where he, he was catching these balls and where these balls were placed, because it was great coverage, 
by the Kansas City Chiefs. When you look at these guys, they were in perfect placement. This window right here to Gronk, amazing. The ball Third down the sideline, leading overtime, and then leading to Rex Burkhead to finish it in the end zone. Mm. For me, it's not just about Tom Brady and the play con or his IQ. If you have any questions that this old man at 41 still has in his arm can compete with the young guns, yeah, he still has a cannon of an arm, and Tom Brady went out there and proved it. So for me, it was – it was a combination of everything that we praise the Patriots for. Great play calling, the formations and movement behind the line of scrimmage, the variety of plays called, but then Tom Brady, his IQ along with his arm, torching that defense to take his team to the end zone and win the game. The final drive was so Patriots it hurts. I mean, it really hurts. You know, these major Fortune 500 companies will have their corporate conference every year and say what they're all about as a brand, and they'll show these videos, and they'll play Time of Your Life by Green Day. And again, That last drive was the corporate <laughs> conference for the Patriots. And isn't it just so perfect that on a day where we saw Tyreek Hill taken out of the game, Michael Thomas minimized, oh, yeah. Todd Gurley's on a bike on the sideline, Rex Burkhead is scoring the game-winning touchdown, his second touchdown. It's the final drive. Third and nine, Edelman for 20. Third and 10, Edelman for 15. Third and 10, Gronk, Gronk, Gronk. It was everything the Patriots do. And there's a video that, that, that Brady did afterwards with Gronk. It's the two of them walking in the tunnel after the game yeah. with these goofy smiles on their face. and said, we ain't going nowhere. It was just them showing the world, this is us. This is our company. We're worth billions. Too bad you can't beat us. It was mm. so Patriots, it hurts. Mm. Going back to the fourth quarter drive, Chiefs take the lead. The first thing I think of, I think, is what every American person with a pulse is thinking. He left him too much time. And it's yeah. just what you think. And then after the game, Brian Hoyer says he had that look in his eye. Devin McCourty says, the second I saw it was heads, I went to the bench and I said, I've seen this story before. Julian Edelman saying it's in his DNA. It's a clutch gene. This is now his ninth fourth quarter comeback in the playoffs, blowing everybody else out of the water, beating all the records. He could potentially have six rings here. At what point are we just going to enjoy what this is because I feel like 20 years from now you're going to be tell, telling Minitron 100%. about Tom Brady and this happening back then. I'm just enjoying the ride. I'm buckling up. I'm here for the Patriots Super Bowls. I love them. People want to roll their eyes. I, I think they mean more. I absolutely do. Explain that. The Eagles won the Super Bowl last year. It was so incredibly special. Mm -hmm. So much of what we talk about with the Nick Foles and all that was because they beat Brady. Right. If, it hadn't, if the Patriots hadn't won the title game last year, the Eagles would have gone through the Jaguars. It's you're winning a Super Bowl in this era and then there's winning a Super Bowl against the Patriots. I think it means more and maybe the Rams can do it and let this sink in for a second Tom Brady going to his ninth Super Bowl that's more than 31 other teams in the NFL mm. how about that for greatness so the league office not far from here a couple blocks hopping a skip admits that they missed the call guys what's your reaction when this went down and having I don't know if any of us left but a couple of uh, minutes to sort of soak in as far as how it went just incredibly infamous. Infamous. I mean, the two most frozen moments in the history of that place, I think, are the Steve Gleason block and the Nikel Roby Coleman mugging. I will call it that. Normally, you do this on a Monday morning. You do what I call referee radio. You go to the phones. What do you think of the call? This guy likes this guy. There's no referee radio. It was objectively horrible and wrong. And immediately, people are starting to say, was this the worst call ever? Was this the biggest blown call in league history? I look at it this way. If you look at the tuck rule call, that was a misinterpretation of a very confusing, convoluted rule. If you look at the fail Mary in Seattle, dual possession, strange moment with replacement officials. This was the best refs we got in the biggest moment in the easiest call of all time. Um, they could have gone two ways. Nikel Roby Coleman himself afterwards freely admitted, of course, I was beat. I hit him. I, it, was a, it was a penalty. Um, I just look at it this way. The referees are sometimes like quarterbacks or kickers or receivers. The human element overtakes them. My only theory is there is that someone did not want to be the guy to throw the flag in the moment to cost someone the Super Bowl. And in doing so, I think cost someone the Super Bowl. Peyton's right. Throw the flag there. The game is over. The Saints are winning it. Mm -hmm. It's a historically bad officiating non-call. And if Saints fans want their pound of flesh this morning, they are so justified in having it. I know you're waiting for the butt in all this, and there is a butt in all this. The butt in all this is that you're up 13-0 at home. You had four possessions in the fourth quarter in overtime. You scored three points. You had the ball first in overtime. These two things are separate. Vinovich and his crew blew the call. It was a pass interference that wasn't thrown, and it was also a helmet-to-helmet. -helmet. Sean Payton, 100% right. And the millions of Saints fans who are outraged this morning are justified. You should be beyond outraged. Like Kyle yeah. said, it might be the historically worst missed call in the history of sport. On the other end of it, though, I have such a hard time pinning an entire, not 60-minute, but 70-minute game on one non-flag. Right. The Rams came back from being down 13-0 on the road in the hardest of elements. 
did not have the ball first in overtime and found a way to escape the Superdome in New Orleans with a victory. Does the call help their cause? Of course it helps their cause. The game's over if the flag is thrown. But please, this morning, in doing this, let's not take away from the fact that the Rams found a way to win that game as well. It was a horrible call, a horrible non-call, yes, but the Rams had an amazing win as well. I feel bad for the Saints players. I feel bad for the Saints fans. There were moments in this game where flags weren't thrown, and I was yelling at the TV screen saying this isn't the NBA playoffs in the 90s. You can't just let guys play in football. That's not what we do in the NFL. So frustration for those Saints fans, for sure. And you're very validated for feeling that way. But Shrace, you hit it. And even Sean Payton hit it after the game. He said, we had our moments. You're up 13 at home. Put the game away. There's moments within that game where you could have shoved the Rams' face in the ground and you didn't. The final drive, they're going down to score, and you throw the ball on first down, the clock stops. Mm. If you run the ball for three plays straight, you milk that clock down, forcing the Rams to use a timeout. Jared Goff, the young quarterback, in his third year has 40 seconds to go all the way down the field to put his team in field position to kick a field goal to take it to overtime. Instead, he has over a minute – 140 or so. So there's moments within this game where you could look in the mirror and say, that's on me. Of course, you could take a snapshot and blame the refs. I could do that every game for the course of my 11-year career. I never did that. Mm -hmm. If I'm a player, I'm mad. I'm frustrated if I'm playing for the Saints. But the way I do it, you can be mad at me if you want, if you're Saints fans, because they've been lighting up my DMs and hitting me up on Twitter. I would also look in the mirror and ask myself, What plays could I have made? What plays could we have made to change the outcome of the game so it wasn't in the refs' hands? I don't want to be dismissive to the Rams because I'm not going to sit here and say for the next two weeks the wrong team got in Mm -hmm. because they didn't. Mm -hmm. The right team got in. Mm -hmm. The Rams deserve to be in the Super Bowl, and let's give them credit. Will you be frustrated for an entire year? Yes, because the Saints were the best team in football, and they'll be sitting at home watching the Super Bowl like us. We're going to talk about this play a lot, but Mm -hmm. one play never, I repeat, never, determines the outcome of a game. Mm. This one kind of did, though. The thing about looking at the mirror and taking blame, and a lot of players did what you said. Like Cam Jordan did that, and he said, mm-hmm. we could have done things or whatever. It's on you then. This wasn't on them. This was a call that wasn't made. So I can't speak from a player perspective. As a fan watching this, if you're a Saints fan, if you're an NFL fan, you're, you're giving hours of your life every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, sometimes Saturday, hundreds of dollars on gear, tickets, and what you want in return <clears throat> in that relationship is trust. You want all you want is for them to get the call right, mm-hmm. and it didn't happen. And so then you're dealing with a trust issue with the league. I will say this: I give the NFL a ton of credit for having the accountability of saying it's a bad call because they for coming out and admitting it's a problem. And Sean Payton right away, quickly in an emotional moment of the post game, brought up those league meetings. Something has to change. And I feel like even as a fan, but also sitting in this unique position at this breakfast table every morning, I have I see how the league changes. Look what they did to the catch rule. Widely successful this year because they looked at it, stewed it over, made some changes. Something has to be done here, and I hope that this is the thing, unfortunately, at the Saints' expense to sort of catalyze that. Mm. I don't know if it's more more refs on the field. I don't know if it's replay, all of that, but something has to be done. Okay, there were some missed calls that benefited the Saints. So, Mm. like, we can't sit here and say one call changed the game because there were calls that benefited the New Orleans Saints. It didn't change the game for them. What did you say? They would have won? Sure. We'll chew on it all more. Maybe, Maybe. 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 Or they don't win. Or they don't win. We don't know. That's, we'll that's the problem. Four time management. It's to come right. down to that. Go win the game. You're at home in the playoffs. Go win the game. His- so now we know the matchup. Finally, we're down to the two. When you hear Patriots Rams, what do you think of? I need the building size poster <laughs> of Belichick's <laughs> face and McVay's face. I just need it. I mean, this is like the Emperor and Luke. This is Tywin and Jamie. This is Jack Horner and J.J. Abrams. It's like the old guard and the young star. There's, there's often when we see these games, later on when they, they take out the mic'd up segments, there'll be like the two head coaches on the field before the game just yeah. sort of making idle chatter like they're on a bad date. I'm so interested in it. Because <laughs> Belichick, yeah, you guys are doing a great job there. And then, I mean, you know, Peter McVay is going to be, yeah, coach, for doing it for years like it's going to be such an interesting collision and if the rams win this thing oh man we are living on planet mcveigh they're going to change the name of earth it's yeah. planet mcveigh it's his world it's his galaxy look out unbelievable speaking of interesting collision how about brady and golf you know we know that brady yeah. is the the goat right and we're going to continue to praise him for everything that he's done in this league and golf at one point they said this dude was a bust how many people can say that 
and then move on and have a successful season last year, this year, play amazing. But still, even within this season, we wanted to give every other player on the Rams team credit except for Goff. Like, we just didn't mention his name. Sure. There's so many better quarterbacks. You mentioned McVay. Now, now, imagine what happens if Goff goes and beats Brady. I know this will be Planet McVay. But it's going to be golf's world as well because we're going to be sitting there saying, well, what does this mean for this young man's legacy? So for me, it's the ultimate legacy talk. Is Brady going to stamp and continue to write this dynasty that he's been writing forever? Or is it going to be golf that's opening up a new chapter in his life and he's going to basically shock the f- entire football world? Youngest quarterback to ever start a Super Bowl will be Jared Goff, that's right? Cool. And Tom Brady will be the oldest to ever start a Super Bowl. Just I like it. stuff right there. But I'm going to look more at the history of the Patriots and where it all began. It all began against the Rams in a Super Bowl. And that team Wild. had Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk right. and Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce and Oz Hakeem and Ricky Prohl, and the list went on and on. And this young pup, Brady, found a way in the fourth quarter with very little time remaining to get them all the way downfield in field goal position, and Adam Vinatieri sent it through the uprights. Look, if this is, and I'm not implying that I know anything, what? the last waltz or the last rodeo or whatever you want. The final countdown? And the final. Yeah. Could it be more fitting, fitting yeah. than going up against the team where it all started, and this, I'm not saying it's done yet. It no circles, ah. But if it were to be the last one, it is kind of symmetrical. I'm not saying it's the last, but if it were, it does kind of make sense. Yeah, it was an emotionally exhausting date, right, for everybody watching, the ups and downs of it. And then when you sit back and you look at the two teams, the first thing I thought of was what's more impressive? Which team? Let's just say past three years. Is it the Patriots who've gotten there for three consecutive years, the stability they have, the pedigree that they have? Or is it the Rams, who were a 4-12 and 12 team yep. in 2016, who had a decade of not having a winning record leading up to that? Goff looked not good. I would just say he did not look like a great quarterback the first year he was drafted in 2016. So for them over the last three years to make the changes they did, to have McVay come in there and retool for them, to vamp up for them, to add the Tlaibs and the Sues and the Brandon Cooks and all the guys that they did, what's, what's more impressive? I don't know. That's the first thing I thought of. It's the Rams. It is? Planet McVeigh. I'm living in it. This is Major Sean the Ground Control. That's where we're all living on, guys. <laughs> Feeling well, one win. kind of not scared. <laughs> I think it's the Rams, Kate. But it's, that sounds like a segment. Sounds like a segment. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. We got a little time up this next. week. Yeah. Rams defense came up huge. Clean up your remote control clutter in time for the Super Bowl with Control Center by Cabo. Plug in your streamer, sound system, cable or satellite, even your game console, and Control Center does it all. Control Center simplifies your home theater so you can control everything connected to your TV with one easy-to-use remote with voice control. Don't fumble with different remotes or run out the clock with messy search results. Just say what you want to watch and Control Center will take you straight there. One universal voice remote controls it all. So all you need to do is say, watch any given Sunday. And Control Center by Cabo handles the rest. Be the MVP of your Super Bowl party with Control Center so you can finally get off AV duty and bring the joy back to watching TV. Shop now just in time for Super Bowl Sunday and get full 40% off Control Center with promo code GOODMORNING. That's $59.95, 40% off regular pricing of $99.95. Control Center is available at caavo.com and Best Buy. Control Center by Cabo, one remote that does it all. Insane day, blame the moon, blame whatever. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah. Great, great day of football. We cannot wait for the Super Bowl, of course, but what was the game-changing play, in your opinion, Nate, in the NFC Championship? There were so many games, so many plays that you can point to in this game, but I would have to say, overtime, Drew Brees, the Saints, they have the ball. Dante Fowler gets to Drew Brees, and that ball floats up, and John Johnson the third, he intercepts the rock. For, so for me, this was the play that was the game changing. I mean, I get it. You know, if you're a Saints fan, you're going to look back at the, the no call. Um, there's the fake punt for the Rams, but it's overtime. You have a chance to win it. Go down and win it. Credit to the Rams for putting pressure on Drew Brees and forcing Drew Brees to do something we haven't seen a ton this season, which is throw an interception. So mm-hmm. this, for me, was the ultimate game-changing play. To play devil's advocate here, because you could say, okay, but this doesn't even happen if the non-call happens. To your point, Brady got the ball in overtime and led his team on a touchdown drive uh-huh. and left no room Holmes for never saw the field. Yep. So if you have the ball in overtime, regardless of everything that happened, mm-hmm. the situation, and you can't tell me if you're a Saints fan 
once you got the flip and you knew you had the ball in mm-hmm. overtime, you didn't feel good about life. You're like, okay, well, we didn't get the no call, but the football gods are smiling down on us. All we have to do is go down and score and we win this game. They didn't. So, like I said, if you're a player, you look in the mirror and say, what could I have done better? You know what you could have done? Could have went down and scored a touchdown and won the game. I hear that, man. I'm going to go back to the beginning of the game. A little context. The Rams came out offensively at nothing. They were really flat. Gurley was off. He's dropping passes. He said, after the game, I played sorry. Mm -hmm. They didn't have it. And it was like, the game's going to get out of hand fast. And they said, we got to do something. We we got to break this cycle. Second quarter, they have a fourth and five. And they dialed up the fake punt we've been talking about, which is incredible. This is Johnny Hecker, who may be the goat punt passer of all things. This is not Goff to Cooks. This is Hecker to Sam Shields a 31-year-old backup DB who missed the entire 2017 season. There's your story. And again, guys, look at, they're on the 30-yard line. Mm-hmm. If this is dropped, if Shields catches it and it's tackled, I think the game's over. There's also no other options. He's the only one out look, wide. Look where he catches it at. He's, he gets tackled right there. He breaks the tackle. They it's don't incredible. Get it. When you look at it from that all-22, that was option A, B, C, D, E. It was all Sam Shields. It was the only option. It's the execution. It's the call. John Bones Fossil, <laughs> he told Mike Silver afterwards, said 13 people in the world knew that was happening. Me, the 11 guys in the field, and McVeigh. They did it. If that's picked off or dropped, Breeze turns around and gets a touchdown. It's 19-20 to nothing. I think that's a wrap. Unbelievable. I want to double down on the special teams, which I think was such a huge part of this game. And for me, the biggest play of the game was the Zerline 57-yard mm. field goal. Guys, 57-yard field goals don't happen. They don't happen in regular season. They certainly don't happen in the biggest of moments on the road in the Superdome. It's the longest game-winning field goal in postseason history. Nate. You made a great point earlier in the show. If they miss this, the Saints not only get the ball, they get the ball at the 50, and they can come right, and they hit their own field goal. But here's what I want to go a little bit under, the uh, peel the onion a little bit back. You mentioned John Bones Fossil. Yeah. When Sean McVay got the job, he had a whole coaching staff that came with him. He had Wade Phillips. He had Joe Barry. He had all those guys. LaFleur. He had all his guys. They were all coming with him. And the Rams brass said, okay, well, what do you want to do with John Fossil? He's a holdover from the old regime, from Jeff Fisher. He was the interim coach. And Sean McVay said, let me get to know him. Let me meet him. If he's the best man for the job, Mm. I will keep him. Mm. He is the lone holdover in that kind of coordinator role. He kept him because he thought he was the best special team. So kudos to Fossil for the call. Kudos to Hecker and all that. Kudos to McVay for saying, I'm not going to bring my butt. I'm going to bring a guy I've never met before. But if you guys say he's the guy for this job, I will keep him. Special teams was awesome for the Rams yesterday. Shout out to Fossil, shout out to McVay, and of course the players who got the job done. Bones had been there forever. So going into this one, I think people looked at the four quarterbacks and it was which one doesn't belong, which one's not Mm. like the other. And you think Jared Goff. And I said it last week. It's, there's going to be a point in this game where it's not going to be rely on the run. It's not going to be C.J. Anderson. He's going to have to step up and make a throw, and he did that down the stretch when it meant the most in hostile territory without help from his run game. I'm talking about a single play, fourth quarter, third and three. Rams are on their 16-yard line here. Mm-hmm. He scrambles. I don't even know what's about to happen. I'm freaking out. Makes the throw to Gerald Everett. It was awesome. In traffic, 39-yard gain, setting up that field goal. He led two game-tying drives in the fourth quarter, and obviously the game-winning drive in overtime as well. It's just such credit to him being able to put the team on his back when he needed to to get it done. So impressive, and he changed my mind as far as he needs to be in that conversation with those other three guys that were in Championship Sunday. Great call. We knew inevitably it was going to come down to, does Jared Goff have a moment or not? McVay can't throw the passes. Marcus Peters, Sue, they're not out there. Does Goff have a big boy this, moment and he did right before that snap you called it also Ran he out goes there. over and runs over to Gerald he Everett him, yeah. we've never seen that Ever. and they call a timeout and say calm down and get it yeah. done okay that play there was huge he waited perfectly perfectly you, until Everett was open and got Everett him. had to uncover that wasn't planned yeah. that was ad scramble yeah. rule play ad-libbing which we see from other quarterbacks right not Jared Goff he proved that he can do it it was a wow play he needs to not buckle on the diving board to use right your words that. Oh, Jared Goff, what a night for him. How much credit does he deserve for this win? Clutch moments down the stretch in hostile territory, the most hostile, handing Drew Brees and Peyton, Sean Payton, their first playoff loss together ever. I, I go into the week as we were heading into it, and I think we we're talking about Mahomes and Brady, uh-huh. Drew Brees' legacy, and the Rams. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't talk Jared Goff you in talk that McVay. conversation. You talk McVay. Yeah. Jared Goff made some really clutch plays here, and to do it in that building – with that crowd noise, was like beating two teams yesterday. He mm-hmm. had to beat the Saints defense, and he also had to beat the Superdome crowd. I thought Jared Goff had an amazing performance, and to have the mental toughness to be down 13-0 on yeah. the road with that noise to find a way, 
That tells me all I need to know. He's the youngest quarterback going to a Super Bowl, and I think he's got a shot to win it. He's, he has it. We learned that Jared Goff has it. I was living in L.A. when the Rams drafted Goff, and I'll never forget going down the 405 freeway, and there was a billboard on it, and it was his face. And it was just not very animated. It was just a face. And it said something like, feel the fever. It's just Jared Goff like this. And I was like, how about those Dodgers? You know, I was just, yeah. it didn't feel like it had the sizzle or the presence. A few years later, I think he was better than Drew Brees in that game, especially in the second half. Yeah. I think he went to Drew Brees' house and played better. He has it. I've never seen that before. We counted him out after that Bears loss. Yep. He was yeah. awesome in big moments last night. I do feel the fever. Yeah, Jared Goff being the other guy out of these quarterbacks, it predates yesterday. Think about the playoffs when it started. We're talking about Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. We're talking about uh, Philip Rivers, Nick Foles. Yeah. We were talking about uh, Lamar Jackson. He was the other guy out of all these QBs, yeah. and yet he finds himself in a Super Bowl going up against the GOAT. <laughs> I'm glad for Jared Goff because he was almost the other guy on his team. Yeah. Now he can look at his peers and say, I'm the main reason, the main reason why we're here. The, he's the opposite Nick Foles, who's unrattable, right? Yeah. He got up early, and he somehow spiraled out of control towards the end of the game. Resiliency with Jared Goff, opposite, down. You're down big, and you come back against all odds when you can't even hear anything. It's pretty remarkable stuff from Mr. Goff and company. So much to unpack. Well, we're always here to learn new things each week, and Championship Weekend was no different. Here's what the breakfast table learned from the action in Championship Weekend. I learned something interesting over the last 24 hours, that this Super Bowl is a rematch. And I don't mean the Patriots-Rams from back in the day. I mean gold flashes versus Red Hawks. What am I talking about? We all know Julian Edelman was a college quarterback. We talk about it all the time. He was incredible. And we even have a little bit of tape. Just sit back and enjoy this. One of the clutchest receivers in NFL history doing his thing on the college level. Roll them action. So he's incredible, right? I love that we have Mac played by a planner. <laughs> That's Edelman. Well, here's what's interesting. You noticed he was going against Miami of Ohio there. Uh -huh. I want to take you back to Kent State versus Miami of Ohio in 2006. It was at Jaeger Stadium for 10,486 spectators. Why don't we take a look at the final score, a score screen we do here at the end of a highlight. 2006, Kent State versus Miami of Ohio. 16-14, Kent State. You see Edelman there at the, the top oh at the stats. Oh, boy. Look down at Miami of Ohio. Whoa. You see quarterback Mike Coco, the running back Murphy. Look at the wide receiver with four catches for 47 Who yards. Who is that? That would be Sean McVay, <laughs> the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. He also caught a two-point conversion from Mike Kokel. Let's take a look at him. Yeah! yeah! That's my coach. Number 18, Sean McVay. Free hair job. The college boy. I can practically see the sock on the doorknob. Incredible. <laughs> oh, my God. McVay never changed. Now, here's what's funny. These two guys, oh, it's pretty cool. They got in the same field at the same time. There was a rematch. The very next year, 2007, it's again Gold Flashes versus Red Hawks. Show me the score again because, guys, this went back and forth and Edelman's doing his thing and McVay. This time, Miami wins, Miami of Ohio. Again, look at McVay, a workmanlike three catches for 37 yards while Edelman's 260 throwing, 93 rushing. So what we have here in this Super Bowl... <laughs> We got a rubber match <laughs> between rubber match. these two gentlemen. <laughs> yeah! yeah. Oh we got the blow dry and the wet look. Nate, what do you think? <laughs> what is going on I here? Love this. True Detective, season four. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Find guys, a better duo. Oh, wait. Before we get to the Super Bowl action, oh. we got to settle some action. And let me tell you, the Gold Flash Nation will be out, consistent of Antonio Gates, the old Jack Lambert, James Harrison, Josh Cribbs, mm -hmm. Eugene Jarvis, that running back. Eugene Jarvis, Peter out of the left field, but Team Red Hawks, Big Ben, John Harbaugh, Ron Zook. Love Zucker. And Eagles guard Brandon Brooks, who's sitting around rehabbing his Achilles right now. Wally Zerbiak. And Wally Zerbiak. Peter, anyone else have to get? <laughs> I wasn't thinking of the hardcore, Zerbiak. but you're right. Wally Zerbiak, just doing diligent work for CBS Sports <laughs> Network. Handsome as all get out. Scratch golfer. So take your pick. Team Gold Flashes, which has got the wet look and jewels, 
or oh. Team Red Hawks, which is this fluffy Hobbit-like blonde blow-dry deal. They're both incredible. They're both going to be Atlanta. McVeigh versus Edelman, three. Oh. The rubber match. This time it's personal. I love incredible, it. right? That Can you photo. believe it? That photo was great. Can we both see the photo one more time? Can we see the side-by-side, -side, please? Oh, my goodness. Can we just goodness. see these two frat bros right next to each other? Give it to me. Doing it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Some action. Is that the poster from The Good Son? <laughs> It doesn't look good, son. Elijah Wood. It's a little Owen Wilson on the left. It's I, I don't know what it is. We'll talk about it in commercial. I have some theories that I don't want to say. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah. If you're Edelman, isn't that sort of weird to yeah. be like, this guy's the head, head coach. coach? Isn't that nuts? My head coach is Bill Belichick. He's their Bill Belichick. Yes. And I can't wait because someone's going to come to them this week. I know they're going to ask about it. I mean, Edelman and McVay will both be asked. And I know that McVay will remember every single yeah, play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, three kids for 37 yards. One was overthrown on fourth and ten. I should, he'll have the whole recall. I gotta hear it. So and please. Edelman will do that. Yeah, man, I was just trying to get better every day. We got a game on Sunday. And, yeah. you know, I just respect Sunday. Coach. I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried about these Rams right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? But McVale have it all. I can't wait. What, what a great memory. Go get them. What I learned, well first I'll throw some numbers out at all you right, guys. Ready? Okay. 273. 131. 155. 176. Those are the past rushing totals from the last four games. Okay. What about 94? Hmm. That's the number of pass attempts Brady has had without getting sacked. That is hmm. insane, and that goes back to their hmm. Week 17 matchup against the Jets. And timeout. I'm talking about which pass rushers? Go on. Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, Mr. Houston, Chris Jones, all of them. How about the name Trent Brown? Let's introduce those guys to you. Joe Tooney, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, Marcus Cannon. These are the five dudes, the block of Velveeta cheese that are protecting Tom Brady. It's the offensive line. And this is, I mean, in my opinion, why they're going to the Super Bowl. They're okay. keeping this offense moving forward for New England, opening, opening holes for the running backs, Sony Michelle and company, or keeping Brady super protective. He's not protected. He's not gotten touched this postseason. These five guys are household, or should be household names, at least they certainly are in New England, playing a bigger role to help this team get to the Super Bowl. And it's all about the coach. That's what my what we learned. is. It's okay. all about 70-year-old uh. Dante Scarnecchia, the guy who's been with the Patriots through all of their Super Bowls. No, guys, not just the Brady ones. I'm talking Parcells back in 85. And Brady even said yesterday he's the greatest offensive coach, offensive line coach in the history of the NFL. This is the guy Belichick, and I worked up here during those years. He called him, and I don't know what magic he worked, Jedi magic, to pull him out of retirement to help mm. protect Brady after they went into mile high and Brady got beat up in the 2015 AFC Championship game. Trust me, working up there, you never thought you'd hear so much about an offensive line coach in the O-line. The team, mm. the fans missed him day in, day out. So when you see that guy turning 71, you I mean, it's incredible what he's been able to do when you see tom brady you know that that smile and he looks like a kid mm -hmm. and he's running out there like he's never done it before that smile and that demeanor is because he knows that he's protective and he has that offensive line in front of him so i'm looking at this week and dominican sue mm -hmm. aaron donald mm -hmm. i'm not worried right now as we stand given how this postseason shaken out because of those guys in front of Brady. Oh, right. Not, I'm not worried about it right now. It's Brady's elite scrambling ability that's protecting <laughs> yeah. him, right? It's, he's getting the ball out in, in two seconds, 2.5, and then he's also got guys who are playing out of their minds. Mm. He didn't get sacked once. I know, it's amazing. They always say, you got to hit Brady in order to beat him. Mm -hmm. Easier said yeah. than done. Yeah. Sarnakia, right? Seven years old. Sounds like a Renaissance painter. I like him. <laughs> he He's was incredible. the interim head coach at one point, too, in the 90s. Love him. Coach Dante, protect that man. We all know guys are terrible at taking care of their health. I'm guilty of it myself. Whether well, it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. Well, the same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face -face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything online. It's that easy. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com slash morning. Fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor, and get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, 
unmarked packaging. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that most guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's easy to take care of. Go to roman.com slash goodmorning for a free online visit. That's roman.com slash goodmorning. All right, what I learned this week is that the Patriots' backfield are basically the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Except (laughs) instead of war, famine, conquest, and death, the four riders are named Michael, Burkhead, White, and Devlin. These guys combined for 258 total yards, four TDs on Sunday against the Chiefs. So let's break this thing all down, okay? First up, we got Sony Michelle, the Jazz man. Mm-hmm. Now, he's been a beast in the backfield all season, but he stepped up in the playoffs. 242 rushing yards, five touchdowns That's- in just two games. What? He's also on the list alongside four Hall of Famers who have multiple games with at least 100 yards and two TDs in a single postseason game. Oh, and did I mention Dude is a rookie, all right? (laughs) Next, we got Rex Burkhead. 53 yards, rushing, three touchdowns, and a perfect 4-for-4 catching passes. Burkhead became only the second player in NFL history, check this out, to score both in the fourth quarter and the overtime in the same postseason game. The only other guy, the third dude on this list. James White. Listen, White is no stranger to postseason success for the Patriots. And this year's no different. He's already racked up a career-high 19 catches in this postseason, converted six first downs on just 10 touches against the Chiefs. Dude is an absolute beast. And finally, there's James Devlin. He might be my favorite. Whether it's providing a lead block for a runner, adding extra protection for Tom Brady, he's been one of the silent contributors to this backfield while adding Four TDs rushing this season. So what does this mean for Super Bowl 53? Hmm. Listen, I expect New England to hit the ground running because they're one of the scariest backfields this league has ever seen. They might not get the credit, but you guys should pay attention to that backfield because they are holding down the Patriots and the main reason why they're in Atlanta. <laughs> guys, so good. I'm dead. I am dead. Ed Rath. The Super Bowl is more than just the 53 guys and the coaches. It's also the office staff. It's the fans, the family of everyone involved. And it's guys like Ted Rath. Everyone plays a role. Keep an eye out for that jack dude who is grabbing McVeigh and dancing with him mm-hmm. like the tango on Super Bowl Sunday. Keep him out of the way from the officials. Ted Rath, we see you. We know your job is much more than that. But on Sunday, that's an important role, and you do it well. This is is so relatable because every level of football down to little kids, every team has a get-back coach. At high school, junior high, anything is always a very important thing. The players, the coach, I've never seen one who pays personal attention to the head coach like a baby. And by the way, is Ted Rath a made-up name? Because that's the greatest name. (laughs) The great name. Feel Ted's Rath. I mean, that should be in the weight room. Ted Rath. Listen, he was one of my weight room coaches, and this is a great American story because in Detroit, he was a weight room assistant, and now he's one of the head guys. Peter, you said it beautifully. He's not just a weight room guy. He has a ton of duties there. We can go through a long laundry list of what he does during the week and on game day. And I'll say this. He's highly sought after. There's a lot of teams that are looking at Ted Rath and saying, we don't want a Ted Rath. We want Ted Rath. So hopefully he stays with the Los Angeles Rams and they appreciate him by paying him a little bit more. But a lot of teams are looking after him right now. I could watch that video a hundred times, Shregs. It's so funny. It's like he picks him up and puts him in his like a chair. kid. It's incredible. A kid trying to weasel away, and they're yeah. like, "Nope, get back here." Nope. Yeah. Kyle, what do you think it's like uh, being Sean McVay's personal trainer at 5 a.m. Pacific time? What are those sessions incredible. like? Incredible. <laughs> so hard, so aggressive. Field Ted's wrath, and I bet McVay wants it too. Of course. It's it's Ted Rath's going to be a head coach in this league. He <laughs> is. He knows McVay. He's going to take the Dolphins' job. Head coach. It's he amazing. Knows. He knows McVay intimately. It's incredible. It's not crazy. Off the hook out there in LA as we speak. Much more to come on Good Morning See Football. Let's talk about Todd Gurley. Ted Rath. Rath is the man. He is a true legend here in Los Angeles. Well, there are plenty of questions that need answers ahead of the Super Bowl. So the breakfast table heads to journalism school to break down some of the biggest question marks around the league. Super Bowl 53 is right around the corner, and here come the questions ahead of Rams and Patriots. Mike Garofolo brought his notebook, so let's take him to school. This is Journalism 101. First question, two awesome teams squaring off, of course, in Atlanta. Where does the greatest weakness 
among either Super Bowl team lie? Uh, I would say, God, I hate saying weaknesses. These teams are so good. Yeah, they are. I would say uh, that the Rams' penchant to play a little bit more zone defense might hurt them a little bit okay. here because you got to man up the Patriots if you want to do something against Tom Brady. It frees you up. Maybe you can bring an extra blitzer or whatever. But if you just sit there and zone the whole game, my man's going to pick you apart. Matter of fact, Jamal Adams, a uh, friend of the show from the yeah. New York Jets, was tweeting the other day about the Chiefs just sitting there playing zone. Says you can't do that against Brady. You've got to mix it up. you got to play man. So I'm not saying these guys can't play man. I'm yeah. just saying they're going to maybe have to lean a little bit more on that which is not usually what they do. Mm. It's, it's tough because they've been played so well on, uh, defensively, right? They've been great, better than you even would expect. But if there's a weakness, that brings me to my point. I worry that one of their greatest weaknesses could be one of their greatest strengths. I want to know what we're getting from Todd Gurley. And they talked about earlier in the show, physically, he hasn't had much work over the last couple months even. He's been really, really light. But this is still a very, very odd image to me. Very odd. And if Todd Gurley comes out in this game, let's just say a hypothetical. Let's say on the first series of the game. I mean, look at him. He looks like he's on the first tee, a 70-year-old man stretching out before the game. If he comes out in that first series and drops a pass or misses a protection, yeah. does he have a short hook? Does McVay pull him? Because I'll tell you this, there's, there's some scar tissue, so to speak, with Todd Gurley. When he was at Georgia, his last year there, he gets hurt six games in. He's out. He's the superstar. Nick Chubb comes in and is incredible. I mean, an incredible player doing his job. And it was like, it was almost like, wow, is he better than Gurley? Now he's in a Super Bowl. Who's on the other side of the ball? Another Georgia running back. If he's not himself, if he's insecure, if he's in his head, we'll know early, but that could be an undoing. All right, so when I was playing for the Seahawks, we would have these kind of what-would-you-do situations. And uh, I still remember this one to the day because it had everybody in tears. I love these. So we were trying to create um, the weaknesses for superpowers, right? And we were, they're pretty <laughs> dumb, but we're football players. Come on. It's uh, if you're the fastest man in the world, you can't read. And if you're invisible, when you are visible, um, whatever you think is the nastiest-looking creature in the world, okay. yeah. that's what you're going to look like. there's some good and suggestions if you have a for that. booming voice, when you're not using your booming voice, you're mute. Tom Brady's a superhero. So I was trying to figure out, what is his weakness? Okay. All night, I'm like, I can't really figure it out. But he does have a weakness. What is it? Tom Brady can't run. And he's never been a threat to run. Okay. That is his weakness. That is his kryptonite. Okay. So for me, if there's one weakness, it's Tom Brady out of the pocket. We say all the time, you're going to be Tom Brady, flush him out of the pocket. It's easier said than done. Yeah. Tom Brady has just over 1,000 yards. Right. 1,003. And I will say this. This is a completely different set, situation and conversation. Tom Brady's going to finish under 1,000 yards in his career because he's going to take <laughs> some sacks. And okay. That number's going to go backwards. He has one career rushing TD over 10 yards. So, for me, it's trying to get him outside the pocket. It's not necessarily about sacking him because they've been keeping him clean all year. But you have to send pressure up the gut. you got to get him outside that pocket and flush him outside the pocket. Make him run the ball. Because he runs like Forrest Gump when he had the braces on. Yeah, so, with the magic shoes. Yeah, if we get him to run like a young Forrest Gump, you'll have a chance of beating Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm going to ask you guys this question, and I don't, I don't know if you the game that Goff had against the Saints in the Superdome, especially in the second half, changes this. But is a weakness for the Rams the glaring one that's sort of obvious going into this one? The inexperience of this team, of the coach, of the quarterback. I, sure, it could be. Like, or do you guys? Why is that not a? Why is that not the first thing out of your mouth? Because you know last year, the, because of what Goff did and how much you guys love the yeah. play. He, he won in the Superdome, you know? I mean, that's going to be a diff, more difficult place to play than here in Atlanta against yeah. the Patriots team. I don't know how many Patriots fans are traveling to this game. I have no idea. But he won in the Superdome, and that's like, that's the mic drop for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, he, they were on tilt in that game, and they recovered some way, somehow, yep. when they should have completely folded. That's one. For me, the other thing is, the Eagles were the inexperienced team last year, and they went into that yeah, game, and they point. played like yeah, the point. They played right. like they were playing with house money. Well said. I, I think you, you kind of have that in the back of your head. At least I do. I agree 100%. Very true. Who should you root for? Moving on here in Journalism 101. We have a little bonus question there. But let's go with who should you root for in Super Bowl 53 if you are a neutral fan? Ah, okay. oh, we're all neutral, right? I don't really yes. know if there's any sort of such <laughs> Neutrality. Thing neutral fans in the NFL, Nate. What do you got, if Nate? you're a neutral fan, I would say root for the Rams. Okay. Root for the new group of young men that haven't tasted what it feels to hold up that Lombardi and, and be world champions. And for the younger generation of fans that are seeing their teams in rebuilding modes or seeing their teams come up out the gutter like the Browns are, are teams that have signed new players – you want this to be your squad. It's all about the draft and free agency. And what have the Rams done over the last couple of years? They hit the draft and they hit free agency. And if you're a new squad, you're voting for the Rams. You're rooting for the Rams. You hope that the Rams are the team that gets to the victory. 
Well, even for the Rams, too, it's, it's anti-Patriots. Let's face it, there's a lot of yeah. that. There's, there's a lot of anybody but the Patriots. It doesn't matter, so that wins, too. Mike, who would you root for? I am rooting for, if I am neutral, which I am neutral, uh, <laughs> and I would suggest this to those folks, you got to root for the underdog, right? So is it the inexperienced Rams? No, they're not the underdog. Is it the Patriots? The under- No, that storyline is over sure. as well. So wait a second. Am I rooting for the light jerseys or am I rooting for the dark jerseys? I don't know. I'm rooting for the guys wearing both. That would be the officials. The hey. In the striped shirt. Right, nice. Caught a lot of flack this last weekend because of that call in the Saints game that should have been made and some other calls. You have no idea, unless you've stood on the sideline or, in this guy's case, played in a game, how fast those things move down there. I was on the sideline for a playoff game between the Falcons and the Seahawks a couple of years ago. Okay. Paul Richardson makes a diving catch right in front of me, right in front of me, right where you are. Yeah. And I had no earthly idea whether that ball hit the ground or not. So these guys, <laughs> despite the criticism that they've received, recently are uh, among the best in the world, if not the best in the world, at what they do. I want a controversy-free. I'm talking to you, Terrence Miles, back judge, Eugene Hall, Steve Zimmer, Jeff Bergman, Edgar K. Hey, Fred Bryan, umpire, you stay out of there. I don't want any traffic. He gave a careful point. Line. John Perry, you keep this right. thing on track. Hey. Here we go, refs. Okay. Okay. We we could really use a clean game. I mean, we, we need. Now, I'm not saying I want, we need a clean game. Let's, let's do it. Come on, baby. Um, like I, like those commercials, the, the Tide commercials. Yeah, yeah whatever. The pods, all yeah. that. Don't eat them, but use them. Um, I, if if you want to be neutral in this game, you want to root for somebody. I'm rooting for Tony Romo. I'm, Tony Romo's on the really? call. Here's the thing. Year one under the Romo thing, he'd start. He'd do in the Nostradamus, and he'd say, "I, I see it's going to be a corner fade here to Julio, and it would be a corner fade." That was pretty yeah. cool. That's one thing. Doing the, look at Tom, he's killing the play. They're going to put Gronk in motion and run to the right. Like, now it's six layers deep with his predictions, and it's really entertaining. It does beg the question, if Tony Romo knows so well what the Patriots are doing, how the hell did the Chiefs not know what the hell he was doing? (laughs) They just got somebody fired because they didn't know. I also think there's something about Romo as a football fan. This goes back 15 years. Romo never got to the big one. He never won the big one, let alone even raise the Lombardi. But he was always a cool, likable guy. And I feel like in a way, Romo could win the Super Bowl if he has an incredible call. If Brady's got the ball with three minutes left going down the field and Romo's on the call, that could be Romo's best answer to a Super Bowl winning drive. And I'm rooting for Absolutely osmosis, yes. (laughs) I'm rooting for Gladys Knight, too. I'm glad different answers here at the table. She's going to kill it. She's the winner. I I know it. I think if you're a neutral fan, there's definitely Patriots fatigue, obviously, around the league. I think a lot of Saints fans are going to go and support the Patriots against the Rams, and I hate that about Saints fans right now because people are are hating that they're not a good team, the Rams are trash. The Rams had an incredible game, and they beat you, and you can talk about the no-call, but I hate that it's Saints fans against Rams fans. The Rams fans did nothing wrong Mm -hmm. in this game, so I want to see a little bit less of that. I hate that narrative that I'm seeing all over Twitter right now. Finally, one of the best parts about Super Bowl week is NFL Honors. It airs February 2nd, the night before. It's on CBS at 9 p.m. My favorite event of the NFL calendar. So what award are you guys most looking forward to, Mike? Oh, hit me with the play of the year, Kay. I love seeing the montages. I love seeing the nominees. I love being reminded of just how much. Kyle, you talked about the grind we've been on it since August. The reason why we do it is because of these plays, these moments. I'm talking about Derrick Henry, the angriest of runs. He won for that, right? Oh, yeah. the, oh, oh award-winning yes. oh, runs. Yes. Uh, 99 yards. 99 there it yards. Is. Let's just see. Let's just enjoy it. I mean, this is part of the NFL honors. You are celebrating everything these guys have done, everything that they have put on the line. Look at this. My man could have quit at any point, any 99 of these yards, <laughs> and he is just putting it in there. Now, the other end of this is the fact that the Patriots are in the Super Bowl here, and they came back from one of those devastating moments that I just talked about a couple of minutes ago yep. that I thought really could have sunk their season. Yeah. That would be the Miami miracle. And I just you watch this play, and you're like, come on, no, no. Every time you watch it, now somebody's going to get him. Somebody's going to, oh, wait, wait, wait. Gronk's back there. Gronk's got him, right? He's got an angle. He can move pretty well. Normally, when he's oh. running around, not so much there. This play was That's supposed to be the end of the Empire, Mike. Uh, yeah, it Here was. they are again. But, but it's a great <laughs> reminder of all these moments and these peaks and valleys that you've lived through through this entire season. Can't wait to see what wins play of the year. Me too. You can vote, by the way, on NFL.com. Ooh, yeah, right? get out there. Love that. Okay, we need to have an off-season segment about our favorite NFL events of the year because okay. we all say that about a lot of things. Mm. Okay. We love honors. We love the jacket ceremony. We love a lot of them. Right? Draft. very emotional. It's crazy. We all cry to draft. Cry, yeah. Yes. Um, but the honors... 
is incredible. Uh, I've been given the huge privilege the last couple of years by the network to be backstage at Honors, and when the people win the awards, they come right off and I get to talk to them. I always find it fascinating to talk to Coach of the Year. In the two years that I've done it, it's McVeigh and then it's Jason Garrett before that. Oh. And it's a little odd because they were just given a trophy, yet they're so annoyed that they're not playing the yeah. next day. You know, they, they're conflicting right, emotions. Right, the right. first thing they always say is, well, I wish we were playing tomorrow, but it's still a huge honor. And I think this year, this is a loaded category. It's a great Coach of the Year year because take your pick. Obviously what Nagy did with the Bears, I always, I always try to yeah. benefit the first year guys. Nagy goes from first to last. Frank Reich, I think, could win it. They didn't yeah. lose a game for three months, second round of the playoffs. And then I would throw Pete Carroll's name in what he did with the Seahawks. So Andy Reid, Coach Lynn with the Anthony Chargers Lynn. was fantastic. Yeah. I don't know who's going to win it this year. I think if I had a handicap, it's between Nagy and Reich. But one of those guys could steal it, too. And I cannot wait to see how they receive it. Lynn, I would love to see Lynn win it. No doubt. You're right. Loaded category. I don't know. There's not really a front runner there. Bill O'Brien and the Texans had Bill O'Brien had a hell of a year. Sure. And it's a regular season award. Yeah. Um, all right. So... <laughs> I used to go on these boys' trips, right, me and my friends. And we would, you know, hang out like guys would do. And one night, one of my best friends, let's just say he had too much uh, Gatorade. Okay, Ooh. sure, yeah. So before we can even get the night started, he's in the alleyway. He's <laughs> relieving himself of Is everything. Is it in you? Yes. Right? It was definitely For a up. minute. So we were like, look, <laughs> patted him on the back. You, you got to go back to the hotel, man. Just, <laughs> this is your night. It's all good. We'll hold it down for you. We're going to celebrate. We'll meet you in the morning. So we Randy Moss time. can't hold his liquor? <laughs> no, it wasn't Randy Moss. So we jump, we jump a couple <clears throat> clubs, and then we head back to the hotel where there's a hotel lounge. We go to the lounge, and guess who walks in? My boy. And he showered, recovered, and we were going, yeah, he's back. Rally, rally. And he was comeback player of the trip. Yes. And that's Love always it. been a thing for us, right? If you go down, if you can make it back, you will yeah. win comeback player of the trip, among other awards every time we go out. So for me, it's comeback player of the year. Like, that's my favorite award because there were guys that were down and out. Their career, were well, in the alley, yeah. and they were giving up everything they had in them. And we were looking at Andrew Luck, J.J. Watt, Deshaun Watson, Adrian Peterson. Is it over for these guys? Is it over? Nope. They mm -hmm. showed up this year at the bar like, I'm back, yeah. I'm back, and we love it. So, And it runs deep with me because I've had some season-ending injuries. I've seen guys retire because of injuries, and we know that the injury rate in the NFL is 100%. It's inevitable. Mm -hmm. This isn't NBA. This isn't baseball where the return rate is high and the production is high after guys return. It's the NFL. Sometimes injuries can ruin your entire career and it'll be the last time you play. Yeah. I think Andrew Luck is at the top of that list because I'm going to be honest, I counted him out. I didn't think he'd make it back. He didn't just make it back. He was the runner-up for the MVP. Incredible season. Really well said and love your an uh, analogy, but I also bring up Walter Payton Man of the Year because we talk about these guys, the best on their teams, nominated by their squads, their brothers, and there's 32 nominees. One will win that prestigious honor. That patch, oh. the, like the ripple effect of the greatness in the community yeah. in these guys' hometowns, the cities where they play, it yeah. all sort of comes together on stage that night and everybody's just as happy for each other. And then Hall of Fame as mm. well. Go down. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing night. You're Catch right. it the night before the Super Bowl, 9 p.m. Eastern on CBS. It's NFL Honors hosted by Steve Harvey. That's baby. right. Well, thanks for tuning in to the Good Morning Football Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on all our channels and come back tomorrow for some more fun. So from all of us here at GMFP, have a good morning and a great day. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.